Today's guest is truly, madly, deeply obsessed with the subject that he teaches and researches. It is his identity, and it has shaped his identity. It is his past, present, and he hopes he will never tire of it in the future. Here's Dr. Josh Brown on Italy. My name is Josh Brown. I'm a lecturer in the Italian Studies program and convener for the program here at ANU. And I've been in Canberra for just over a year now. You mentioned that you're in Italian studies and another guest that we had on, Associate Professor Susanna Scaparo, is a colleague of yours. I understand that you listened to her episode and was partly inspired by that to come on here because the two of you have come at Italianness from two different trajectories or from almost opposing trajectories. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, she is Italian and I feel Italian as well, but in quite different ways. So my family migrated to Australia in 1954. When we kind of grew up, we always felt like we were an Italian family, me and my brother. And it's always interesting to see recent arrivals, I suppose, to Australia or to this part of the world who come from Italy and to share your own experiences with the way that they seem Italian and that they are Italian in certain senses. So it was really fascinating to hear about her story and where she's worked and how she has integrated into into Australian society in a sense as well. And I feel like I'm trying to do the same thing uh, whenever I go to Italy. <laughs> so in that sense, we're, we're kind of complementary opposites, I suppose. Mm. So you were born in Bunbury, was it, in Western Australia? That's right. I was born in Bunbury in Western, rural Western Australia. It's about 200 kilometres south of Perth. So I did all my schooling there and then moved to Perth for university. Right, okay. And you also spent a decent chunk of your life in a much smaller town than Bunbury too. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so we, I was born in Bunbury, but then really we we lived uh, in a town just outside of Bunbury called Dardanab. Uh, and that's a quite, a quite rural area with, uh, it's mainly farming and cattle kind of area there. So I appreciate country and, and the country lifestyle. So Canberra's a good fit, I think. So what was your upbringing like then growing up in this really small town? I understand it has a population of around like 400 people, if that. Yeah, uh, I think it's just the typical upbringing of any Australian rural people, I think. Yeah, it's quite isolated. It's quite removed from any kind of foreign or outside influence. And I, I appreciate it a lot more now because it's so much quieter. But I think when you're young, then you want to go to big cities or look for other experiences outside your, your own world. And so that's why I was always interested in kind of, mm, I suppose, my Italian heritage because I knew that our family had come from somewhere like this a long time ago, but I didn't know much about it. And I was always fascinated by other other places, I suppose, and other people who came from other areas, whether it would be America or I loved France when I was little. I remember Susanna saying in her episode how she was flicking through the, she used to flick through the atlas you know, and look for, and I remember doing the exact same thing as well. So um, I don't know if people still have atlases now, but I've still got mine in my office <laughs> from when I was younger. And 
Um, I suppose people go onto Google Maps now and look for, you know, places or fascinating landmarks or something. And it's a good thing to do, I think, because then you can kind of, or well, and I used to kind of daydream and imagine what living there would be like, you know, and what the people would be like and particularly what the language would be like. Because then you really got a sense that these are people who are completely foreign to, to who you are. So was there a particular person in your family who connected you to your Italian culture? Yeah, I suppose my, my nonna, really. She was, uh, she was just a typical Italian migrant here and we would always eat Italian food or she would always be in her, in her garden out the back or always speaking Italian with her friends. And I suppose those kind of things made me realize that other families that we were that we were kind of growing up with and the other people who we knew didn't do those kind of things so there were there were very kind of visible external signs that um that I was very interested in I suppose yeah and more so with her I think as well than other people in the family so our family, in some senses, isn't very Italian, so none of us really look very Italian. We don't have strong Italo-Australian accents. Yeah, food is the only thing, I think. Italians always come back to food. But I suppose the stereotypical um, notion that most people, an image that most people would have of Italo-Australians, we didn't really conform to that idea much. So I was always interested in other aspects, I suppose historical aspects of Italy. You mentioned that the sorts of traditions that you grew up with, you realised were different from what your other friends and peers were doing and experiencing. And I find that interesting that you kind of went towards that difference because usually Mm. um, for kids, if they feel different from their friends, they kind of want to close that gap and they actually despise that difference and they want to be like everybody else. Yeah, I think that's what happened with my mum's generation and, and with her. So she, I'm, I mean, I don't want to speak for her, but from what she's told me and from what I have seen from her generation of second generation migrants basically coming to Australia is that Um, she felt a strong pressure to kind of integrate into Australian society and rejected a lot of her Italianness, even though she can still speak a little bit of Italian, which is good. But I don't think she feels quite as Italian as I do or was interested in Italy as much as I was. And so I don't know if it was a external pressure or, you know, just from friends or whatever, but she certainly had was very interested in integrating into Australian society, mainstream Australian society, I think. At what point did you begin to make more conscious or greater attempts to connect with your Italian heritage? I don't think I was ever really that interested in Italy or I was kind of interested in, in our family just for kind of personal reasons. And I was interested in Italian, but I always loved either Chinese or French. For one thing, we were studying French at school, so there was kind of a more direct access to um, that culture and and having a teacher there who was, you know, her job was to kind of teach you about French language and French society. And Italian really only took over my life towards the 
the end of my university. And there it became clear that my passion was in Italian and Italian studies. Uh, but growing up, I didn't have this uh, desire or passion to really learn so much about Italy. I suppose I felt like that was already kind of there or we already knew a bit about. In fact, I think that was probably one thing that then drove me towards Italian studies later on. Because we were Italian, it didn't feel like, um, I already felt like I, I knew a lot about Italy and knew where we came from. And then it was only really studying Italian where I figured out there was more to the story there. I suppose other people um, revealed those aspects to me in a sense. So teachers getting you to do a particular assignment on something or discovering that there's actually 2,000 or over 2,000 years of history here that, you know, it's not a personal story, but it's, it's something that you can still connect to, you know. So what was it that you were learning then at university that so intrigued you and really heightened this interest in Italian culture and the place? I think for me it was always about language. There was something about that was kind of so natural and for a long time I wanted to imitate a kind of native speaker model or native speakers to the best of my ability that was kind of a proof almost that you had integrated perfectly into that society. And I was always very interested in people who had migrated to Australia who spoke with Australian accents. Or So it, the kind of work that we were doing, whether it was study of Italian dialects or language history or sociolinguistics, they were the kind of aspects that I found most fascinating because then you got a real insight into the way Italians actually spoke to each other, for example. And in French studies and, and in German studies, there wasn't a long, or there wasn't, we didn't do much work in, in terms of linguistics or language studies per se. They were kind of, it was still interesting and still fascinating. So we were kind of doing more cultural topics or, yeah, migration or, yeah, all the other topics that one would learn about in a language studies degree. They were still interesting, but I was just fascinated by language and linguistics. When was the first time that you actually travelled to Italy? I think the first time I went to Italy was after my honours year. So uh, I'd never been there during my undergraduate degree and even after honours, yeah. So what was that trip like? Where was it that you went to and, and also uh, what level of proficiency were you able to speak Italian at that point? Look, that's a, that's a difficult question to judge in <laughs> retrospect. Uh, my Italian was okay, but it's always such a shock when you go there and you, and you kind of discover the, the ways Italians actually speak to each other. Uh, but you, and it was quite different to what I had imagined and to what I had expected, but you kind of just go with an open mind and jump in and enjoy everything. And I wanted to go to, yeah, lots of touristy places, and but also to kind of go to all the places that we'd been learning about, about certain inscriptions that we'd been studying or certain scenes from particular movies. <laughs> or um, there was kind of like looking at these things and thinking, wow, they, they're real, you know, they're not just part of some academic study. These were real uh, cultural events tied to actual people and it's just incredible to see them face to face that's a whole different experience obviously to to just studying them in your in the library or something what's that audrey hepburn movie is it roman holiday roman holiday that's it yeah with gregory peck i actually haven't seen this movie i have to confess right. so i'm sorry but 
Yeah, and they, you know, it's good to see the Colosseum and Venice and they, you know, the cathedral in Milan, and they're, they're just seriously impressive kind of places to to go to. Uh, but I was also interested in just everyday living in Italy, you know. So, um, like, this, this is actually a city where people live and study, and they've got families here and friends here, and there's everyday kind of realities that, you know, people enjoy. I suppose the same way if you live in you know, you get used to seeing the parliament in Canberra or something like that. So you kind of think, oh, wow, that's an interesting building or the city, you know, in the opera house or something. Then you think, yeah, there's people who actually have to live here, you know. And I was interested in the, just the everyday, boring, mundane experiences of it. That was the fascinating bit for me, I suppose. What was the impact that that first trip to Italy had on you? Number one, it kind of solidified my intuition that that I really was passionate about Italy and Italian studies. And secondly, it revealed a whole other aspect to the country that I thought actually there's, you know, you felt like you had achieved a certain level, you know, after your degree and then honours. And you think, okay, now I know a lot, you know, about, and you do. But then you think there's, there's still so much more here that I have to know about and have to study and kind of read about and discover and you never, it's still, it's like a, a drug. You, you kind of get it, but then you just want more and more and more. And Italy, it's like a magnet. It just keeps drawing you back. And everything was kind of pointing towards, towards Italy for me at that stage, I think. So, yeah, then you kind of had to make some decisions about whether you were going to go down an academic path and kind of devote your life to Italy and, or whether you do something else and and keep going back to Italy every year, you know, or something like that. That's why we're always trying to get our students to go to Italy as well, because it can, you know, once you're in the country and you see, you have that kind of experience, then I think Italy does that to everybody. I don't know anybody who's gone to Italy and then come back and say, oh, I never want to go back there. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody who comes just says, you know, got to go back, got to go back, got to go all the time. Because it's just so beautiful and so incredible there. People always want to know more about particular places or they meet people or there's some cultural experience they have and and that's what happened to me that's what happened to me and you've been back around 30 times or more ever since yeah i've i was counting at one stage <laughs> but now i've i've kind of lost track so uh yeah i try to go every year at least yeah Particularly given you mentioned that you're quite interested in the mundane everydayness of Italy, what's it like for you in trying to understand this place from afar almost? Um, do you feel that you can properly research and understand Italy without living there? Yes, I think so. I mean, it's to really understand Italy, then you then you should go there and you should live there for a while. But in a sense, looking at Italy from Australia is one of the best ways in order to understand the country because we are so far away and because we are so different to Italians and the way they think and the way they speak. Any kind of observation that you make is best kind of perceived by outsiders in a sense. And I suppose... Just to kind of flip that, the same thing is true also of Australia or, you know, for any country wherever somebody comes from. You get a more 
or you feel like you get a more objective or a different point, not objective, but a different point of view from, from an external evaluation, I suppose. So there are certain things that I feel about Italy that are quite different to the way other Europeans feel about Italy, I think. Or things that they would just kind of take for granted, I, I suppose. So whether it be housing or the way Italians live or density or traffic or smog or... I suppose there are things that you could make generalizations about in terms of Southern European culture, but that uh, I would find interesting, for example, and that I do find interesting. So to kind of probe that a little bit further... To take one of those examples, what is an Italian kind of approach to, say, to friendship or to community that you find different in, well, a, in Australia? It's funny. I mean, people always complain about, you know, working conditions in Australia or the traffic or housing prices and things like this. Italy, for certain things, yeah, is, you know, has lots of problems in terms of unemployment or traffic or not so much, you know, government anymore because Australia is also looking very similar in lots of regards. But Italians are, are happy there, you know. They, I think they are just different. They have a different way of kind of or a different attitude to life or a different way of being, you know. I remember one time we were, I, when I was in Italy for my PhD research and then I, I had to go to the shops to get food for dinner and I was living with these guys in Prato, just north of Florence. And I said, okay, I'll go to the store now, you know. And he said, ah, oh, okay, I'll come with you. And then we're doing the next thing, and then, ah, oh, okay, io ti accompagno, io ti accompagno. Every time, I'll come with you. I'll come. And I'm thinking, why? Like, what is, what, what is he, like, do you also need to go to the store? But it's just to kind of be together and do stuff together. Whereas in Australia, it feels like, okay, we can be friends, but then... Let's have a meeting at three o'clock for an hour and then we'll go for coffee and do this and then you go back to your place and I go back to my place and that's it kind of thing, you know. And it's got these kind of limits to the friendship where um, Italians don't have that. They just kind of go with it and, and see what happens. And, yeah, I think they've got a way of doing things together and being in a group which we kind of are, are a bit more uncomfortable about. I think Australia still has this kind of Protestant mindset for lots of things in terms of, you know, you've got to do it by yourself and prove that you can get through it or this kind of resilience, you know, whereas Italians are resilient but in a completely different way. And, yeah, like you say, friendship has been a big part of that for me. So certain friends who I've met in Italy, you're not trying to achieve anything or do a particular goal or... It's, it's just to, you do things, to, that's the Italian way, is to do stuff together. So then have you kind of imported these elements that you've noticed of Italian life and society back to Australia within your own life then? Look, that's a good question. I don't know if I've imported them. I think at one stage, that's a kind of attitude that lots of people make or lots of people take. And that was something that I was trying to do at one stage, right? So you kind of go to it and you think, oh, okay, I can reproduce, you know, the Italian way back in Australia and everything will be better kind of thing. <laughs> but that doesn't work, you know, in a, and it's not sustainable in the long term because, you know, things are just different here and things are different in Italy. 
And I think that's an attitude that Italians have sometimes when they come here as well. They really want to try to live Italy here and make the exact same pizza. The exact, well, Australians don't like Italian pizzas. Like they, we like American pizzas, you know. I like and, Italian pizzas. Oh, that's good, Ivana. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, they are pretty good. But my, I, you know, I don't have a mission or my goal isn't to import anything. But I feel like I've been changed by going there and I, I can live my experience in Australia better by having gone to Italy. By having those experiences there, I feel like I can be Australian better in a certain sense. In a sense, I feel less Australian because I've gone to Italy and had these experiences. But in another sense, I feel more Australian because I feel like having those experiences in Italy has meant that I can, I can be a different kind of Australian. And so those Italian things aren't actually that Italian at all. It's just a different way of living here, relating to people. It's really, it's a very personal and selfish thing in, in, you know, in lots of ways, I think. So it's not some social project or some kind of plan or design or, you know, that you're trying to push onto other people. And I suppose that's the whole reason why people go traveling and do learn about other experiences, you know, to try and learn about different ways of that people live in the world. Not necessarily to replicate them here, but you, you feel better for that change, I suppose. Has being Italian-Australian and studying Italy made you reflect on multiculturalism both here in Australia and the way that it's conducted over in Italy? Yeah, I think so. I was always very conscious that our family had come from somewhere else and that everybody had in Australia. And I feel like it's a story that doesn't get told enough, really. And particularly, that kind of forced me to reflect about where Australians actually come from and kind of what it is, you know, as a, as a people and as a society. And also in terms of Indigenous Australians, and even compared to recent arrivals as well, you know. So in one sense, the experiences that people are having now coming to Australia are, are the same in the previous waves of migration. In some senses, they're, they're very different, obviously, as well. And I think that's quite different for Italy. So there's been kind of recent arrivals and new migration groups into Italy, particularly you know, after the Second World War and from the 70s, whereas Australia has been dealing with this problem for, for a long time. But in another sense, Italians have this kind of um, very certain and concrete idea of what Italianness means and what it means to, you know, I suppose you would do if you come from a culture that has the Roman Empire and, you know, and of fascism and all these, you know, keeps reinforced about. Whereas when people say, you know, what's Australian food? We're going to say, ah, oh, that doesn't exist, you know, or what is Australian? Like, oh, well, we're kind of a jigsaw and a multicultural melting pot and you stir us up and we all turn out grey and there's nothing really, you know, kangaroos, meat pies, and you think, well, yeah, it's actually not just, you know, not just that. I mean, that's what's happened in a way. I feel like our story or the Italian story of Australia is now a kind of multicultural success story for the whole of Australia. So everybody goes to Italian restaurants and it's just kind of, accepted that Italians are part of Australian culture now. 
in the same way that Asian friends and Asian migration or Asian food now is such a mainstream part of Australian culture. So in that sense, I don't feel like it's so foreign anymore or so different anymore. And I think I've gained a greater appreciation for that aspect, for for multicultural Australia through those aspects of my Italianness. So there's a way of kind of engaging in those other cultures that makes you more Australian as well. Like that, that is Australia for me, I think. You mentioned that uh, within Italy, there is a very strong sense of what it means to be Italian and of Italianness. Do you think that as a consequence, the Italians are more protective of that way of life and of their identity and culture and are consequently um, that much more resistant to other cultures and other people from other places infiltrating? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'd hate to give the wrong impression and say that Australians are you know, extraordinarily patriotic and that there's a strong sense of Italy and Italian you know, idea because Italy didn't exist for a long time as a kind of country, you know, politically speaking, or and you know, some would say linguistically as well. So it's kind of this paradox where the country itself has been so divided and so factionalized for so long, but they kind of still know that they that they're part of the same tribe, so to speak. So that might be some strong reaction that they have to. You know, there are these strong separatist groups in Italy, but I suppose they also exist in Australia to a certain extent as well. But you feel like the calls are stronger in Italy from these separatist movements, you know, and the country as a whole is is less kind of accepting and willing to integrate new migrants coming into the country. Mm. So, you know, Australia's had a policy for a long time of kind of being pro-multicultural and pro-kind of integration, like kind of ups and downs here and there. But you can kind of, I think you can integrate into Australian society and kind of still keep your own culture. You know, like there, I think a lot of people would say you you have to kind of compromise and adopt a certain values in Australia and speak English and do kind of Australian things to really move here. And that's true to a certain extent also for Italy. But but for Italy, there's kind of a clear model that you that you should follow. I think in a way that's not really obvious for us here in Australia. So you mentioned earlier in our conversation that you're not seeking to import Italy to Australia, (laughs) but uh, you do have this deep passion for um, sharing all that you've learned about Italy with other people. And if I may quote from your website biography, um, you say, I feel obsessive about opening up the cultural riches of Italy, Italian and Italians, (laughs) especially to people here in Australia. Um, And you also add that being part of Italy's cultural riches and sharing its tradition with others drives my unquenchable thirst to compare and contrast both countries' pasts, presents, and futures. Oh, wow. That's a fairly (laughs) lofty description, I think. Yeah. Well, I was really struck by the language that you use, obsessive and Mm. unquenchable thirst. Yeah. So do you feel this strongly about doing these things? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It does turn into an obsession, you know, I think. And it's kind of like you have an experience of something really good that you want to share with other people, you know, as much as you can. And teaching is a fantastic way to be able to do that, you know. And like I say, Italy is just a 
it's it's a magnet that keeps drawing you back because you keep discovering that there's something interesting or something else to learn about, you know. And most people who would complain about certain things about Italy, whether it's just too populated or tourism or, you know, the streets are dirty or the smog or whatever, you know, the bureaucracy, I love those things. I think they're the, that's the fascinating stuff for <laughs> for me. And they are interesting from a sociological point of view in a certain sense, you know, because you think, why why does this country have these problems and why does it have this image, you know? And how do you live in the, these conditions kind of thing? So, yeah, I, I just love everything about Italy and I'm just fascinated in it as a place, I think, and what it means. And I want to be able to share that experience with other people, you know. And I can tell our students have the exact same intuitions as well. So you feel like you're kind of further on the journey than what they are, but you can kind of, you can't push them, but you can pull them along with you and offer them new aspects about Italian culture and Italian society that they can also fall in love with, you know, and you kind of create some of that opportunity for, I mean, obviously they can do things themselves as well. And you don't just have to do it at university. I mean, there's plenty of ways to engage with other cultures, but I feel like that's a special kind of environment where you can do it in a sense, because you're, you know, whenever we have a class or whenever we have a, a conversation with someone, the the goal of the class or the point of the class is is primarily an to discuss in an academic way, some aspect about Italy, you know, whether it be a linguistic, thing or some cultural thing or whatever it is, whatever the cultural object of study is, the point is to kind of reflect critically on it. So it's pretty luxurious in a sense, you know, it's a good job to have where you can kind of share what you have experienced with other, you know, young people who are also interested in, in Italian culture. So are you living the dream then, Josh? I'm living the dream. I think everybody in Canberra is living the dream, basically. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, what does that mean, living the dream? So you're doing what you love and want to do for the rest of your life? I think so. Absolutely, yeah. And the, the every day you have, you know, you do it a bit more, a bit more, a bit more, and it's and it's more confirmation that this path has chosen you in a certain sense, you know. And it's not a dream. Like, it's easy to think about Italy in, in a dream sequence, you know, or as being some imagination. And in a sense, it is an imagined community, you know, as we all think of other places and other cultures in, in our own ways. Uh, but it's actually something real. Like, it's something tangible. Like, Italians are an actual people, and, and you can go there and have a... a a concrete experience of some aspect of Italy that makes you think, ah, wow, this is actually what it's like, or this is actually different to what I've experienced. And whether it be coffee or something simple as that can just be an incredible experience to have a coffee in Italy, or whether it's, you know, having a conversation and, and meeting someone and thinking, wow, I've never thought about love in that way, or I've never thought about hatred or friendship or religion or architecture or whatever. You know, I think there's so much that Italy has to offer. I spend most of my days dreaming about Italy, really. So I think that's why it's so good when you go there and you can actually have that kind of direct experience of being in the country. Um, but it's not a... You can kind of turn that into a fake experience, you know, 
almost like a manufactured kind of image of another place. I'm not interested in that at all. I'm interested in having a, a, an everyday, tangible experience of what Italy has to, has to offer. Do you think you'll ever get tired of teaching and researching Italy? I can't imagine that I, that I ever would. It becomes a, it's a bit corny to say, it becomes a part of you. You can be corny. That's okay. Is that all right? <laughs> well, no, I don't think so because it, it keeps opening up. It's like a wound in a sense that it keeps opening up and, <laughs> and you know, revealing new things to you <laughs> that you find fascinating and that you want more of. So it's a kind of self-inflicted wound in a sense, but it doesn't, it never heals over. When you study other, even other countries or other subjects, and I kind of think, ah, oh, yeah, economics, okay, that's what that's like. But I could never feel myself becoming so impassioned with economic theory. I thought, ah, oh, my, I have to dedicate my life to, you know, this or. So I would never get sick of Italy, but I'd certainly, I'm very interested in kind of other. Well, any, any other place in a sense, I suppose, you know, there's just ways to have an experience where you can learn more about yourself and who you are. And Italy is just the best way I can do that. Josh Brown, thanks very much for speaking to me. Thank you, Ivana. Thank you. And may you never tire of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not to, that's for sure. This Academic's Life is written and produced by me, Ivana Ho for the College of Arts and Social Sciences at the Australian National University. The production assistant for this episode was Brandon Tan. The theme music is Snow Blobber by Flower Crown. If you're looking for something else to listen to, try our sister podcast, Better Things. Episode 5 features classic scholar Dr Sonia Pertzanidis talking to me about what figures like Hercules and Prometheus can teach us about resilience. Catch you next time.